Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. I'm here with Joe Volpe. We're here to talk running backs, rookie running backs coming into the NFL, um, probably the most coveted position in fantasy football. Uh, you know, another draft class is set to come in, and we are ready to break them down for you going into your dynasty rookie drafts, going into your you know, your redrafts in the summer. Joe, how's it going, man? How how, how was it looking at all this film and, and doing all this research for running backs? Well, good part about this is um, I, I've i been doing my rookie series for a little bit now, and I actually finished up all my rookies in late March, my rookie running backs, I mean. So I got a pretty good handle on these guys already. I went back and I looked back at some of the film again to re-familiar familiarize myself because i've been doing quarterbacks and tight ends right now but um yeah i mean I, i'm i'm pretty set with these guys i'm excited to talk about them uh some guys i really like some guys you really like even before we uh got on here we both had a disagreement about a player which uh, i'm excited to talk about but, uh, <laughs> yeah man um but so uh, you know when we're talking about these running backs i i think and I think you would agree. I think the bread and butter is always in these versatile guys, right? Like who will have a, a role on early downs, but also have the ability to be a big part of the passing game, right? So if you have a running back who can rack up 40 to 50 catches in a season, at the very least, on top of being the main ball carrier, you're looking at someone who will be a, a major fantasy asset for you. So we're obviously on the lookout for those mm-hmm. type of guys, um, especially, you know, at that top tier. And Um, being versatile is so important too, only because a a lot of times these running backs and how they turn out in the NFL really is scheme dependent and team dependent. So, I I mean, it could be the best running back there is. And even if they're on a shit team with a shit O-line, they might just get no help like Saquon. I mean, (laughs) look what he was able to do before he tore his ACL. He really couldn't get anything going. And the year before that, he struggled a little bit too, but situation in New York's uh, definitely gotten better. So hopefully yeah. one can turn it around. Yeah. And, and a guy who a lot of people are profiling as a, a, a potential bell cow, you know, 
potential workhorse in the NFL is Najee Harris. Um, mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that is playing into his favor is how big of a workload he was able to handle over his college career, specifically the last two seasons. Right. And, and this season, this past season, he almost had, yeah, he almost had 300 touches and 1900 yards from scrimmage at Alabama. Uh, he was only behind Travis Etienne in receptions among running backs, which make makes him, you know, as capable as any back to be a bell cow in the NFL, which is what makes him so valuable from a fantasy perspective. Um, like when you look at the entire NFL, the bell cow back is just becoming, you know, even rarer and rarer. And, and it's less to do with like the skill set of these running backs, but more to do with what these teams want, want to, you know, want to have back there. Like they want to, they, they don't want guys to get hurt. They want to have their guys being able to like, you know, stay healthy throughout the course mm-hmm. of the season. Uh, but we'll see if teams will give him that sort of work- workload once he gets drafted. But we do, do know that he can handle that workload if, you know, if, if a team's willing to give it to him. Yeah, and also I want to say to that, it, it does have to do with keeping players healthy. But I think it also has to do with not wanting to pay running backs big money. You know, you give them the workload and you kind of have to cough up 10 or 15 mil, which has been a, uh, you know, it's been a money saver for a lot of years for a lot of NFL teams. And now that running backs are finally stepping up, which is right. I mean, if Chris McCaffrey is catching 100 balls a season to make three million less than whatever Jarvis Landry is making at 31 years old in Cleveland, like that's not fair, you know. So it definitely makes sense. But I think teams are still hesitant on paying running backs and Todd Gurley a prime example of, you know, what can happen. So yeah, that definitely plays a part in it as well. Yeah. Um, and, and specifically about, um, about Najee, like this dude, he's, he's a big guy, six one two thirty, Right. Uh, and he's like, he has like the trifecta of what you're looking for, right. Early downs, passing downs, uh, gold line, obvious. I think he, I think he had like, you know, 30 total eight, touchdowns. Yeah, 30 touchdowns. Um, as far as goal to go, no, like short yarded situations, he converted at like an 85% rate or something yeah. ridiculous like that. Um, now, in terms of missed tackles, he had the third most missed tackles over the past three seasons, which is pretty good, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, And it's not just like running people over. He, he moves pretty good for a big guy, you know? Um, now, he does have some downsides, right? He's not fast. Right. He's not good in pass protection. Uh, He's always had an elite offensive line. He's one of the older backs in this class. Um, Can you think of any other downsides uh, for him or or, or why or why you think that he's better than most of these other running backs? One thing about Najee Harris um, that really came to me is obviously the comp for Najee, the popular comp is like Derrick Henry. Right. That's a popular comp you hear for this guy. And there were just so many times where I was surprised Najee Harris, six foot one, six foot two, 230 pounds or whatever it is. In one on one situations with the defender, it wasn't an auto like, you know, he wouldn't automatically beat that defender. A lot of the times he would actually lose that one on one battle. Like he can shed tackles and he can power through, but there was a lot of times where it was a one-on-one situation. I was like, Oh, Najee's going to blow past this guy and like run for a touchdown, but it just didn't happen. And I think a big part of that has to do with obviously being 
um, you know, your head gets filled with all these Derrick Henry comps. You're spoiled watching Derrick Henry not being able, like dragging three guys like 30 yards down the field. So that did, I, you know, I, I want to say that did get in my head a little bit. Um, Especially while you're looking at all these other backs, right? Like if yeah. you look at a Javante Williams, and we're going to get to Javante Williams in a minute. Like if you had to look at Javante Williams and then you look at, you know, um, you know, uh, Najee Harris, and you look at these two guys, you're like, okay, who has the better chance of like, winning a one-on-one battle downfield and i think it's you know i i honestly think it's javante williams you know if you had to choose one to 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 make to make that guy miss whether it's through a broken tackle or whether it's with his feet yeah i think um last year uh jk dobbins was my favorite running back in the class i just kind of look for that it factor which each of those players and javante williams is like that guy for me right he just has it like i can't explain what it is it's just it just feels like a special quality that a player has. Like Najee Harris did great in the Alabama system. You know, he looks like a great player, but when I watched him, I wasn't like, okay, this guy has the potential to be one of a kind. Like, I think this guy has potential to be a really, really good running back, but I don't get that one of a kind type sense. I got that with JK Dobbins last year and I'm getting that with Javante Williams this year, which we'll talk about later. Um, One thing I do want to mention age for running backs, unless we're talking about breakout age, hasn't really you know that doesn't really do too much for me um Najee Harris if he's not already 23 he's going to be 23 very soon he's going to be one of the older running backs in this class you know as a senior but like I'm not really worried about that especially because the lifespan of a running back in the NFL like that's seven years from now if Najee Harris is still killing it seven years from now and he's still a workhorse assuming he does become a workhorse even um then you've already gotten your worth for a running back. That's a lot more worth than you're going to get from a lot of other running backs. So, yeah, and, and I think it's less about how much tread he has on his tires, even though he do, he does have some tread. He does on his have tires, amount, yeah. quote unquote. I hate using those terms, but you know it is what it is. It's become a thing now. But it's more yeah. about like when did he break out, right? Like, sure, you know, is he did he was able to do something earlier in his career? Like Javante Williams, for example, he's a year younger than Michael Carter, which gives him him an advantage because you're like, okay, their numbers were very similar, you know, besides all the other factors that played into that, into that. It's also like, okay, cool. He was also a year younger. So it's just simply more impressive, you know, and that's kind of how, how, you know, I, I can understand that argument there. Um, but as far as tread on the tires, um, well, actually, if you're speaking of tread on the tires, Javante Williams does have an advantage there as well uh, between guys like, you know, uh, Najee and between guys like Travis Etienne. Sure. Um, now, and, and when you say like you're not overly impressed, you know, like overly, overly impressed with Najee. Yeah, I, exactly. I like I said, I think he's going to be a very, very good running back in the NFL. It's just yeah. like I didn't see – something that was like a generational like something yeah, that exactly. like you know makes me go crazy about this guy's a prospect one thing that i did uh like about him is the way they used him at receiver at times like yeah. downfield like they were throwing the ball downfield to him at his size it, it was pretty cool like to see that like how he was catching the ball kind of like a receiver where he would like jump up and get it at the height which is not something you would normally see from uh from a uh a running back like it wasn't like just wheel routes where he beats a linebacker it was more like okay he's up and he's, he's like a one-on-one uh with a defender and yeah. like kind of jumps up that was pretty cool um now as far as his efficiency numbers go like if you look at his yards after contact per attempt he was 13th in 2020 um and then 13th in 2019 so not at the top right and, and we're comparing him to running backs with at least 150 carries 
mm-hmm. when he had 250, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, but still, like, it, you know, it's not – now, and you'll see when we get to these other running backs, these other running backs are right at the top or close to it, and, and he wasn't. So that's something to just keep in mind as well. That that kind of reminds me of the situation where, like, Big Ben throws, like – throws the ball, like, 650 times and, like, <laughs> turns the ball over, like, 16 times. Right. And it's like, yeah, like, sure, that's a lot of times to turn over. But when you're throwing it that much, it makes sense for like Najee. Like, can he make something special on every single play? Like, if he's running like 100 more carries than any right. other running well, back. Well, or... well, you know, that's how special Derrick Henry is, for example, right? Derrick Henry. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, he was like number one in yards. I mean, like, it's Nick Chubb, but like, you know, Derrick Henry's right up there and he has the high, the biggest workload in the NFL. But he yeah. gets it done, man. Um, so that's kind of what I'm comparing it to in terms of, you know, we're comparing to other running backs, you know, at the same age and in college. Sure. So um, now let's move on to Travis Etienne. Now, I I feel like Etienne has a range of opinions on him, but I'm personally a big fan. Like his contact balance is amazing. I, I feel like, you know, he did improve between 2019 and 2020. And, and not just his pass catching. I think most people talk about the pass catching improving a ton, um, you know, be- between those two seasons and, and which I'll, I'll get to that in a minute, but in 2019, like, if you look at like, you know, his games, um, he was bouncing outside a lot. Like when he, he might have a lane, you know, in the middle, but he would bounce, he would bounce it to the outside all the time, but he started to trust his blocking more. He started to lean into those like tight creases. He doesn't hesitate. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of patient when he needs to set up blocks like downfield. Um, he can cut back. He can bounce it outside. Um, and like, obviously his breakaway ability is obvious. Right. So I feel like he has a lot of like completeness to him now. Um, and on top of that, he lost, like, I think it was like three linemen or four linemen this past season too, um, compared to 2019. So, um, when you look at his efficiency, and his numbers, like among all running backs with 150 carries, he was first among all running backs in yards after contact per attempt in 2019. And then he was sixth this year. Uh, in terms of his career, uh, he was the best in yards after contact per attempt since 2014. And he was the only running back who came close to that. Uh, the only running back who came close to that was Jonathan Taylor um, since then. Um, and in the past game, among all running backs with at least 150 carries, he had the most receptions and the most yards per route run. And the reason why I bring up carries here, like I, I want to like show like who's versatile. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like he was able to carry the load in the run game, but he was also like a killer in the pass game, right? Um, you look at all running backs with at least 40 targets, he was first in yards per route run. Najee Harris was fifth, okay? Um any concerns you have with ETN? I know there was some concerns about his timeshare and that sort of thing. Um, but do you have any other concerns or, or, or tell me what you like about ETN when you watch him play? Yeah, so ETN, you mentioned his breakaway speed. Um, this guy's a four, I think he ran like a four, three, eight, four, three, nine, something in that area, which is, you know, very, very fast. Um, I, I am a little skeptical of some of these times because it seemed like every single player their pro day ran a four three eight four three nine. I was gonna say uh, just like everybody else. <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> very fast draft class. Um, but no, I mean y- you mentioned he's a great pass catcher, uh, probably the best pass catcher in this draft for sure. Um, great overall runner, patient running style as you mentioned. 
Which kind of brings me to the point where if ETN lands in a crappy situation where he doesn't have the ability to be patient, he's got these quick linebackers coming at him and he's not, he's got not a great offensive line in front of him. He might struggle. Not, not that any running back wouldn't, but specifically when you're, when you have a patient running style, when those holes don't open up, it's just kind of game over. Like a guy like Najee, like theoretically he could just run and just go rather than waiting for those holes. He could just kind of run into his lineman, bounce off of him and do what he needs to do. But ETN's that patient style running back, which is why a place like San Francisco, um, depending on, you know, their crap load of running back undrafted free agent running backs. uh, If he somehow ended up being the workload, the um, workhorse in San Francisco, I mean, just imagine like, what the hell he could do in the offense between pass catching and the patient running style with that zone running scheme. That would be amazing, which makes me think if he lands in New York, right? If he lands with the jets at the end of the first round and they're able to bring in some extra linemen, or maybe they just perform better as a whole, because the line, it it doesn't sound great with George fan on the right side got a you know potential stud in the making with Makai Becton on the left, Connor McGovern in the center. But for the most part, it's not a great O-line that could support him and what he needs to do. He'll likely be working with Zach Wilson, Wilson if that doesn't be in the case. Um, Atlanta, up another potential landing spot. But yeah, I'm a fan of Travis Etienne. I, I, I am. I just have my skeptics about scheme. And I'm just worried about him being a scheme-specific running back. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear that. And I do think that he improved between 2019 and 2020 in terms of just hitting that hole. You know what sure. I'm saying? Like he was hitting those creases, um, but he was patient when he needed to. You, know, you look at David Montgomery, right? And that's where whenever I think of a patient guy who hasn't performed before he did last year, he was that guy. He was like, you know, just like he was like twinkle toes behind the offensive line. And he couldn't sure. hit, the, hit the hit the hole. Uh, Le'Veon Bell was like the most patient guy, but the most successful at it. Um, I feel like uh, ETN isn't really like that. I think he does hit the hole, which 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 I think can be an advantage. Um, now, like as far as like you know uh, him being a workhorse, some pe- some are concerned that he might not be able to be a workhorse in the five. NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at his size, but I think like sixty-five to seventy percent of snaps is all he needs to be like efficient enough in both the run and pass game to to get you what you want. Um, can he be an RB one? in fantasy hell yeah he could be you know so um i think he he has it all like i'm i'm a big fan of him um i don't think like a lot of people think Najee harris is in this class on his own in in no. like in that first tier and i i i personally think it's it's him etn and uh javante williams you know kind yeah. of sitting there up there and, and and honestly if you had to ask me like who's going to be the most efficient in the nfl it's between etn and javante Right. Um, and, and Najee Harris is like kind of like that volume guy. Um, yeah. Harris will do his job. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and by the way, there were some concerns about the timeshare that ETN had as well. Um, but like there are numbers around him, about him and when the games were close, like within a touchdown, that he was the guy on the field getting touches. So sure. Clemson, like when they were losing in games or whatever, or the game was out of hand in the fourth quarter, they would bench their guys. So, you know, that's, he was a, you know, it, it was a, when you look at the final numbers, you're like, oh, like this, Etienne didn't play that much, uh, but yeah. he did, he did. Um, okay. 
Moving on to Javante Williams. Uh, he, he's, he's fun to watch, man. Like he probably has the best tackle breaking ability in this draft class. He just knows how to avoid tackles in general. Uh, he was first overall in pro football Focus's elusivity rating in 2020 among all running backs with at least 150 carries. He was second in yards after contact for his career among running backs in this draft class. He was second in forced missed tackles per touch of anyone in this draft class. Um, and both of these are is, you know, in a career sample over the past three years. Um, second in yards after contact per attempt among the power five running backs. Uh, and, and guys, when I say power five, I'm talking Big 10, uh, Big 12, ACC, Pac-12, SEC, basically the, the major major conferences because um, there's a lot of schools and you want to compare it to the best competition, right? Um, but yeah, so like second most career yards after contact per attempt since 2014, uh, right above Jonathan Taylor and right below Travis Etienne. Uh, capable in the pass game as well. Not super efficient in the pass game. Uh, you know, he did catch 25 balls this year, you know, and like that's a lot for a college running back. That was the third most in this draft class for running backs. Um, but yeah, man, I think he has the whole package, dude. Like size, contact balance, and pass catching skills, goal line ability, obviously. Um, like, I don't blame you, dude. Like, do you have him as your first overall running back? Like, do you rank him number one? Like, I feel like, you know, like I said, these three guys are in that first tier. Um, but is he your favorite running back? So I, I have a difference between like my favorite guy and like the best guy. So Javante Williams is my favorite running back, uh, out of this running back class. Trey, Trey Lance. Uh, I just did my post about him. He's my favorite quarterback. Doesn't mean he's the best quarterback and, um, you know, tight end, obviously Kyle Pitt wide receiver we'll get to, but yeah, definitely my favorite in the class. This guy has that it factor. And I think what really sets him apart for me is um, you can just kind of tell he's a fighter. Like this guy fights for extra yards. This guy will not get off the field without getting that extra yard. He'll play past the whistle. Um, he's great at shedding tacklers. Uh, he's like I mentioned, he's great at uh, fighting for this extra yard. He's good blocker. He's good at catching the ball. He's got everything you want in a running back. He's always making big plays. He's always bursting through that open hole and, you know, that's the kind of special qualities you want in a workhorse. Um, my favorite thing about him is his acceleration. And his top speed isn't going to blow you away. It's not like uh, it's not like Travis Etienne, right? But he will get to that top speed like this. You know, like when he sees that hole, even if it's not zero to 60, he'll get to like zero to like 45 or 50. But he'll get to there in a second. He'll get to where he needs to be, and that'll be enough most time to get him past the hole and down the field. You know, at that point, it's it, it's not like if it was a 200-yard field, he probably won't be able to make it all the way without getting tackled. But it's enough to do the job, get the done, get it done, and get down the field. Um, something I kind of noticed, which is I, I I notice weird things about players. I don't know why, <laughs> but he doesn't completely avoid all contact and i think it has to do with the top speed what i mean by that is like rather than like he is elusive but he'll it, this is so weird it's he always catches like an arm or like a leg or just something like he always has some sort of contact with every player he passes i don't <laughs> it's so weird i don't know why purpose. i noticed this huh it's on purpose it's on purpose 
that's that's what, that's what I'm saying. I think this guy's just a fighter. I think he just wants to get the part of that defender. Because literally, if you watch him run, every time he goes by someone, he gets you know he gets an arm in his face, he hits a shoulder, he does what he needs to do. I swear, one time I saw him do it on purpose. I swear to fucking God, well, like, well, you he, know what he? What I really like, uh, and what I noticed too, like, and, and what you just said reminded me of that is he uses like the defender's uh, momentum against them. Yeah. So like. It, let's say he's running along the sideline, right? And there's a run, as a as a as a defender like coming at him at an angle. The dude he would like kind of like stop, and then use the guy's forward momentum to like push him down. Like it's not a like broken tackle. Well, it technically is, but like it's not like he stepped on the guy. Mm-hmm. It's not like he ran into the guy. He just like shifted his body a little bit, stopped on a dime. And then just push the dude down so that he can get extra yards. And like, it's just, I just think that the way he he does that is so impressive. Yeah. It's like, rather than running past the guy, he'll be like, all right, let's go. Like, let's, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> I'm going to work for my way down the field. But it's funny that you noticed that too, that he was at least making contact with the guys he was passing. Yeah. So weird, but I love it. And I love Javante Williams as a prospect. I'm excited for him. Um, I, I want to see where he lands. I think the hottest spot for him to land right now would be the Atlanta Falcons at the beginning of the second round. I think that's where he'd have a chance to be a workhorse. You got Julio Jones stretching the field, Calvin Ridley stretching the field. I, I, I that's just the best spot I can think of for him. He's likely not going to be a first rounder, unless you know you, you could be surprised. It could be Miami taking Harris, could be ETN taking uh, I mean, the Jets taking ETN, and then maybe the Steelers triple up and get Javante Williams. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. It's going to be interesting, man. Um, and, and you know, his teammate, Michael Carter, man. So like, he's the guy I'm rooting for. Okay. Okay. He's the guy I'm rooting for. Um, and when you look at their numbers, it was super close. Like we, it was like almost identical, like, you know, as far as their workload, as far as their production, but you know, there is, there are some differences here, right? Like, if Michael Carter wasn't a little undersized, I feel like he'd have a chance to be a lot of people's favorite back in this class. Like, and he probably wouldn't move the same way he moves if he was bigger, but like the way Michael Carter moves is like, he's gliding out there. Like he's so elusive, man. Like he really knows his way, like, like his way to work around defenders in all these different ways. He makes them miss. Uh, he slips out of tackles, all that. And like the more and more I watch him dude, like he's nasty with his moves. Like he makes defenders look silly sometimes. And like Michael Carter's not even trying, like, like he's not even trying to do it. Like, you know how, like, you know, I, I like the way, what I was thinking about is like in basketball, like, you know how Allen Iverson's crossover is like super out there. Like, you know, he's trying to cross you. Right. But like, um, oh, I'm sorry. How old are you? My bad. Sorry. But like, no, no, no. I don't. I don't watch anything else other than football. You don't watch. Okay, you don't watch I'm, I'm not. I'm okay. not scared. So Alan. Okay. Like for those who don't watch basketball or or like <laughs> too too young for Allen Iverson. Like when Allen Iverson had the ball, like and he tried to cross somebody, like you would know it, right? He was super like out there with that, right? Like you know when if you're trying to make somebody miss on purpose, you know that they're trying to do that. But like Kawhi Leonard, for example, like he has a crossover too, but nobody knows that he's trying to cross you up. He, but he'll cross you up and he'll dunk on you. You know what I'm saying? But he does it in this like nonchalant, subtle way. But he'll still make you look silly. 
I don't know if that was a good analogy, but that's what I think about. Um, <laughs> but like Michael Carter, like he has good vision, really good vision. Because like he's in the open field, he sees a defender to the left, to the right, and he'll figure out a way to make those guys miss and then reverse field. Like, you know, it, it's it's I'm I'm impressed like when I watch him play. So you look at the numbers, right? Like I mentioned between him and Javante Williams, and you're like, why is Javante so favored like over Carter when their when their numbers are almost identical? Um, the stat line at least. Now, and it's for a few reasons if you look into it. One is size, right? Javante is more complete because of that. Two, their roles were slightly different. Javante was just on the field for so many short yardage situations. Like, matter of fact, he had more than three times the amount of short yardage carries than Carter did, right? So Carter's yards per carry, that's why it was at eight yards per carry this year, which is which is still ridiculous, mm-hmm. right? But when you look at the two, you can compare the two, you can't say like, oh, Carter's better because of it, right? Um, and that was also, you know, that was part of why Carter was able to get those bigger plays. He had a little bit more room to run um, than Javante Williams did. Um, Carter's also a year older than Javante, so he gets a little bit, he gets a little ding there. Um, but yeah, like if you look at the two guys though, Carter's still better in the passing game, right? He was fifth in the nation among running backs with 30 targets. Um in yards per route run. He was second behind Travis Etienne among all running backs with at least 150 carries in yards per route run. And the reason why, again, I bring up carries with that, I want to show, you know, who is versatile among this group. Um, His yards after contact, by the way, per attempt, rushing attempt, also very impressive for a guy his side. He was third in the nation among running backs with 150 carries. So right behind his teammate, Javante Williams. So I'm extremely interested in his landing spot I know he doesn't profile as a workhorse, but can this dude carve out an Oster Echo type of role somewhere? I think landing spot is super important when it comes to him. We might have to wait a year, you know, let him develop a little bit, but uh, we'll see. I'm I'm super interested to see where he lands. So, so when I had heard about Michael Carter and his size and being the one B in a situation with Javante Williams, I'm like, Oh, this guy's probably a pass catching, you know, third down back. That's probably who he'll profile as. But he's a great runner. You know, he is. And he kind of reminds me of, um, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but like Deion Lewis, like prime, like the best version of Deion Lewis. I think he had a year where he hit close to a thousand yards with the Patriots. Uh, A guy who can catch the ball, one of the most elusive running backs in the NFL in that year, um, Deion Lewis. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. But yeah, I I, I do like that comp though. But go ahead. You know, a smaller guy who's really efficient on the ground can catch it. Um, the thing with Carter, again, I have my weird things that I like to point out about these players. Carter kind of reminds me of like, you know what those like uh those like wind up batteries. Okay. So like the battery is fully charged. Carter's coming in, he's gonna make a big play down the sideline. And then he's got to recharge a little bit, you know, let him recharge a little bit and then get him back out there. Like, he's not a guy who you're going to keep on the field. He's not the ideal guy to run out the clock, not because he's going to fumble it, but just, like, if the defense knows he's running, he's not a guy who's going to break through the middle and get that extra yardage. Right. You know, like, he's a big play outside type runner. So he's a great change of pace back. Um, For me, that's the thing that's keeping him outside of, like, my top four or five. I have him at six in terms of, like, my rookie running back rankings. But yeah, I mean, I, I love the player, but again, he, he doesn't profile as a workhorse. He doesn't profile as, he doesn't profile as a 1A, 
but I think he really does profile as a great change of pace or one B if in the right situation. So um, I, I do like Carter. Don't want to see him on the goal line um, as a pass catcher. Like he's good, but that isn't like his thing. You know, like I had imagined him being like the pass catcher of this class, but he's also a really great runner. So it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up. Um, what's that? I, I think the Patriots, if they draft him in like the third end of the third round, like beginning of the fourth, I think that'd be a great landing spot for him. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. I can see that because, you know, they, they might want somebody outside of James White, um, you know, after this year, because I think James White only signed a one year contract, right? So I think after this year, you know, Damian Harris is, is it was it two years? Um, if <sighs> Damian Harris can still have that role early down role next year, you know, I think it, that would be a great one too, right yeah. there, right? Damian Harris, uh, you know, and Michael Carter, that would be that would be a legit one too, right there. I, I don't it, want anyone to land on the Patriots. And what makes me think about that too is the anyone, Patriots. Anyone were, was good at least. The Patriots were interested in Chris Carson. They had talks with him. Um, they were, I believe, they had talks with Leonard Fournette at some point. So on the surface, it seems like they want to add another running back to that backfield. James White was probably not what they had in mind. They ended up bringing him back because they couldn't reel in any of the free agents. But it leaves me to believe they'll draft a running back at some point. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, one guy who is, whose opinions on is all over the place is Trey Sermon, right? Uh, some people love him. Some people hate him. There's a lot of in-between. Um, now, I'll, I'll start with the positives on him from me, like, watching – his film, good contact balance. He can take contact and keep running and regain his original pace very quickly. Uh, his field vision to me is pretty good. He makes moves in the open field. He springs himself loose. Um, he's hard to bring bring down the open field too. I feel like when he's out there, you know, it takes a couple guys to bring him down in terms of like trying to trying to like get him to stop running. You know what I mean? Like he knows how to kind of get get his way around a defender uh, one-on-one specifically like in that second level uh, once he gets past, you know, the, the front seven um, the way he moves is like very different than all these other running backs, to be honest with you. It's a little weird. Not awful, uh, but like he moves a little different, you know, and the guy who I thought moved a little, little different last year was uh, DeAndre Swift. I thought he moved a little different than everybody else and not okay. necessarily in a bad way, right? Because I, I love DeAndre Swift, but um, I, I do think there's some potential here in Trey Sermon. And, and I think he needs to prove he can handle more in the pass game. Um, but I'll, I'll let I, – I talked about the positives. I'll let you talk about the negatives. All right, so let's get into this. Um, when I was watching film, I saw something very different in Trey Sermon. I saw a one-dimensional back, who, not with great vision. There were multiple times I saw him, the hole open to his right or left, and he would just run straight into his lineman. The vision did not seem great. Uh, he had a 14.8% college dominator score, which is in the 17th percentile. He broke out at 22 years old. He's not much of a pass catcher. He runs roughly like a four five, I believe like uh, his burst just really isn't there. His only strength is like, he could run forward. Like he could do that. He could run. Like if there's a hole there, he'll make it past that point. <laughs> like and to me, his credit, he, he like does have you. great power. He is hard to bring down, but he's not a guy who's going to blaze past you. And if that hole isn't there, 
he's going to struggle. Like from what I saw, this dude could just not hit the open hole. There was multiple times. I'll try to find the game film for you. I'll, I'll send it to you after just so you can see. Maybe we watch a different film or maybe I just had a different perspective on it. But there was so many times where there's an open hole and I'm like, dude, it's right there. And he would just not do it. So that, that's how I feel about Sermon. I feel like um, if he can fix that, I think he has other qualities that can make him a productive running back in the NFL. Maybe if he falls in the right system, I could see him being good, see him being a good goal line back. But overall, I'm just, as a prospect, I am not a fan of Trey Sermon. I have him outside my top eight. Um, and I feel like after the top three, it's very interchangeable with these guys. And depending on your opinion, like you could have one guy at four, another guy's going to have him at like 15 or whatever. Like it, it's very volatile after the top three. There's a lot of running backs who I haven't even looked into just because I already looked into like 12 and I'm like, okay, that's probably good. And then I'll hear two more names and I'm like, oh, well, this guy has him at five and I haven't right. even looked into him. So everybody has varying opinions about this guy, but I am just really not a fan of Trey Sermon at all. Yeah. I've seen Trey Sermon as early as like people's fourth, fifth favorite running back. And I've seen him as low as like 15, you know? Um, And it's all over the place and smart guys too. Like, you know, like all these guys, like, you know, they know what they're doing, uh, you know, uh, relatively, but like, you know, it's interesting to see like what guys are looking for. Um, But like, obviously I think his biggest negative is the fact that when he was at Oklahoma, he was beat out by other guys, right? Like, he was beat out by a guy named Kennedy Brooks. He was beat out by Ramondre Stevenson, who we'll talk about real quick. Um, those are obvious red flags right there, right? Then he transferred to Ohio State, probably to get more opportunity, but he was in a committee there as well with Master Teague. Um, a great name, by the way. Um, great, fantastic. And Puka Williams. And, Not someone we're going to talk about today, but right. also just another great name worth mentioning. Yeah, Puka Williams, you mentioned him. A little undersized for me. Just wanted to mention that. No, I... Um, yeah, and then he finally like get the, gets a, a huge workload in his final two games uh, before the national championship game, and uh, he goes off like he completely goes apeshit in those two games. So like the potential is there, uh, and you know I like some things that I saw on film, but you know the, you know really for him I think it depends on the landing spot. What kind of role is he going to get? Is there a pass catcher already on that team? uh you know that that sort of thing and you know I'm, I'm curious to see if a team is willing to take a shot on him but i think he's a guy that teams aren't gonna are not gonna take a shot on in the first few rounds like he'll probably be a day three guy yeah um yeah okay chuba hubbard another guy who you know their opinions and i think like you said you just mentioned it these guys like the opinions are all over the place right um, um i think with chuba hubbard i think speed is the name of the game with him right don't give him a crease because he is going to be out. Like he's out, right? Um, I feel like if you only watch like highlights on him, like if you type in Chuba Hubbard highlights on YouTube, Where did that go? all you're going to see is like him out on every play. It's like an <laughs> 80 yard run, 80 yard run. And all Especially those will be from 2019. 2019, exactly. And that 2019, like that was an amazing, 2019 was an amazing year for him. Like he took a step back this past year which is why if he if he came out after 2019 if he could dude like he would have been drafted with the best of them but 2020 not as great but let's look at his 2019 season real quick 2300 yards from scrimmage 21 touchdowns at oklahoma state uh he was second 
to J.K. Dobbins in yards after contact per attempt that year among all running backs with at least 250 carries in the power in the in the power five conferences. Uh, he was ahead of Jonathan Taylor there. Um, now in the past game, he was not efficient in 2019. Only uh, 0.86 yards per route run, uh, even in 2019 in his good year. Um, what are your thoughts on Hubbard as a prospect going to the NFL after his after his uh, I guess unproductive 2020? So, like his situation in 2019 was a lot different in 2020. So in 2019, he ran for over 2,000 yards. He had 21 touchdowns. Um, overall in college, he had a 40.4 college dominator rating, 91st percentile, which is pretty big. Um, you mentioned speed. That's a huge plus of his, probably in the 4-3, 4-4 range. I don't even know if he ran the 40 at this point. I'm kind of going off of my post from a month or two ago. So if he had his probably I mean, since that point. Do you really need to even see his 40 time? <laughs> Not honestly. really. Not just really, he's right? Fast. Just, I mean, he outruns everybody. He does. Um. So the difference between 2019 2020, uh, his stats dropped from 6.4 yards per carry to 4.7. He went from 161 yards per game to 89 yards per game. But he didn't really have much help at all. That offensive line was not good. If you watch the – like when I was watching his film, I just watched the decisions of like the quarterback. I didn't even know who the quarterback's name was. I couldn't – I wouldn't even be able to tell you. But like it was just not a good system. Not a good offensive line. There's so many times where Chuba would get the ball and there'd be three defenders in front of him. Like he just had no help. Um, and look, he had a little run in with his coach prior to the start of the season. And he was dealing with a high ankle sprain, which he never truly recovered from. And it kind of hindered him for the remainder of 2021. So he was hindered because of an ankle injury. Um, he had some issues with the coach, which we don't, it kind of has to do with political. So if you're not aware, do, do you know about the, no, I don't. So, we'll, we'll, but it's not something we have to go over. It's a political thing. Doesn't need to be covered right now. Um, he had a run in with his coach. He had a, he was hurt. He had no help from his line. He had no help from anyone on his team. So yeah, 2020 Juba Hubbard is definitely someone we want to remember. I mean, this guy is a beast. He's got the speed. I comped him to Nick Chubb. He is like 20 or like 20 or 30 pounds lighter than Nick Chubb. But in terms of speed and in terms of just pure runner, I think Chuba's got it. I think he's that type of guy. Um, yeah, I think a like- pure runner is the way I would describe him as well. Like, you know, he, he moves well, I think, you know, through tackles. I think he moves well. Um, he's elusive enough. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he, after contact, like, it's almost like he doesn't lose any speed. Like if you're trying to arm tackle him, like once he hits the hole, like good, good luck. luck, good luck, you know? Yeah. Um, but I mean, he's the perfect balance between power and speed. Dude, him and the 49ers. That's what I want to see because those holes open up so quickly on that yeah. offensive line that like, look at Raheem Mostert, right? Look at how quickly he would hit those holes sometimes. And Raheem, like, who is he? Like, he's nobody. You know what I'm saying? Like, Chuba, like, if he hits that hole, dude, he is out. And I can totally see Kyle Shanahan taking a shot on Chuba. You know what's funny? The only report I've seen connecting the San Francisco 49ers to a running back was that the 49ers were interested in Puka Williams. (laughs) I shit you not. I saw a report the 49ers loved Puka Williams. 
Of course they would be. Which is like, there's no reason for a Puka Williams smokescreen. Like zero, (laughs) actual zero reason for that. So, Oh my goodness. All right. So one of the guys who beat out Trey Sermon, Ramon J. Stevenson, uh, he had a small sample size in 2020. He played only six games. Uh, but on a per-game basis, he was legit. I feel like he's somebody that we should pay attention to, you know, just to kind of see landing spot. Um, he's elusive, right? His yards after contact per attempt and forced missed tackle rate is highest in this class um, for, for, you know, career-wise. Got to pay attention to the, to the fact that small sample size. But in the past game, he ranked second in yards per route run ahead of both ETN and Michael Carter, among running backs with 100 carries. He only had 23 targets, but the potential is there for him to be a three-down back. So small sample size, I'm going to say it one more time. So that's why you've got to make sure that you don't like rank him too high. But I, I think he's a little bit of a sleeper, um, especially at his relatively big size. So um, I like how he shifts his body to avoid tackles. Like for his size, it's not just he's, he's not just going through people, but like when he's in the open field, he kind of knows how to move his body uh better than a lot of these other bigger backs do so uh the only negative to him that he's just not a fast guy right he's not gonna like outrun corners or anything like that he's not gonna outrun you know fast safeties um but you know he can get you 30 35 yard runs but like he's not gonna get you a 50 yard run in the nfl yeah i mean Ramondre wasn't someone i was all that too all that familiar with um i did look at a couple scouting reports and i was able to watch a little bit of his film more he's an interesting I mean, guy he's an interesting yeah. guy I, I would take a look at you know at him a little bit and and just just notice like how he moves like at, you know at his size you know yeah what from I mean? what it's, i saw he's definitely not a fast guy he would definitely no. be much better goal line short yardage type deal um but i was impressed by how he was able to move at his weight and his size so. yeah yeah he could we'll potentially see. like you know get like a 1a sort of role like at his upside you know what i mean like at, at his best um yeah you know, because I think he can handle the, the load because of, you know, his ideal size. So. And honestly, there's not a lot of running backs who are, like, at his size. Like, I'm very surprised no. by the amount of 5'8", five, 5'9", five, yeah. running backs in this class. I mean, he's 5'11", 220. Like, there's right. there's not really, and like, Najee Harris. And I can't really think of that many other backs that are like that in this class. I think like a guy, and I was going to go to the next guy, who who I feel like kind of fits the mold of an, of an average-sized running back, meaning – a perfect size for a running back is Elijah Mitchell. Um, you know, he's somebody who's built uh, at like a running back. You know what I mean? He could yeah. he could be a potential workhorse. And like, by, by the way, guys, we're way past the top guys here at this point. You know what I mean? So these are guys that, you know, we're kind of going to explain their skill set. We're going to talk about them and like in your fantasy rookie drafts, as you prepare for those, you want to keep an eye on these guys, because if you're in a three round, you know, draft, you know, some of these guys might not even be taken or you're taking them in the third round. So just pay attention to, to these guys. I'm personally looking at the versatile backs, right? In PPR leagues, especially. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but anyway, uh, this guy, I think he has the build to be a workhorse. Um, I think he can handle his own in the past game. Uh, he's someone to look out for, man. Um, and he is extremely athletic. I think he's in the 99th percentile there. Uh, he ran a four, three, five at his pro day. Uh, just just like everyone else, apparently. Uh, but, you know, he's somebody that I would look out for. He, he was a workhorse in college. Uh, so I'm looking at him as somebody who can potentially handle a little bit bigger of a workload than we think going into going into 2020. Going, just going for him going into the NFL. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at these running backs, and I'm like, 5'8", okay, 5'9", and I'm like, oh, okay, we got we got a 5'10", 215 pounder. All right, there there I'll take go. it, a running back. Let's do it. <laughs> and, you know, he, he is good. He definitely has workhorse potential. He's a good pass catcher. Uh, I think he's more of a straight-line runner. He's not a guy who's going to yeah. bob and weave in and out. But um, overall, just – you know, not really too much to add. You pretty much said it all. He's a good runner, could be a workhorse. I want to see where he lands. Um, I'm trying to think of the name of the school. Was it uh, Louisiana Lafayette? Which yeah. probably might slow him down a little bit. It's not like a of huge school. Uh, it's not a power five school. So it's not a power. Um, yeah, so. Another we'll guy who, did, who wasn't at a power five school. He was at a Buffalo. Take Ooh. that for what you will. Jared Patterson. I know this is going. Now you really, you really like Patterson. I want to know from you first, what do you think of him as a prospect? Okay, here's the thing. There is such a vital... Okay, I'm going to ask you before we get into it. How tall is Jared Patterson? 5'9". No. How tall is he? 5'6". Oh, is this what we were talking about before? Yes. You were asking me how tall Jared Patterson is? Yes. Uh, Do you have proof that he's 5'9"? Dude, there's no way he's 5'6". There is no way he's 5'6". Dude, I'm telling you. He plays like a big back. Like, he breaks tackles. He hits the hole super fast. He does. And if he was 5'9", he would be in everybody's top five. Nah, he wouldn't because he plays at Buffalo. But still, like, I mean, I don't think he's 5'6", dude. 5'6 is so short. Like, 5'6 is like a little couple more, couple inches than my mom, dude. Like, it can't be. How, How tall are you? Five eight, oh. okay, more like five seven and a half, but like, <laughs> um, I, I don't think I think he's five nine, dude. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, telling I'm you, <laughs> okay. So this out. is what I did. I did as much research as possible. Like Google an image of him standing next to someone else, and when he runs, he looks like he scampers a little bit too. It doesn't really look like a full run. It looks like he's kind of scampering a little bit. Okay. <laughs> um. Okay, and, so on, not... in in Pro Football Focus's uh, draft guide, he's five seven. Okay, and in, in that he's five seven. Ready? Damn. I, I made a TikTok about this. Sure. On ESPN, he's five nine. Okay. On the University of Buffalo website, he's five nine. Now, in an article of Buffalo News, they measured his official pro day at five foot six and a half. Oh. And a good. player profiler, he's five foot six. Ooh, that's not good. So do you see the inconsistencies here of like nobody knows how tall this dude is? And like five foot nine and five foot six is a huge difference. It is a huge difference. And honestly, like now that I think about it, like he might not be five nine because he 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 does look short. Yeah, and that's when I had originally so I did this whole write-up on him, and I had looked at like um you know, ESPN, whatever, and it had him listed at five nine. So I did my review as if he was five foot nine, <laughs> which I had him as my running back six in that form. Which, if he was five foot nine, he would be my running back six. Either way, I'm just going to talk about him as if he's a normal person because he is, no matter how tall he is. Can I just say that if he's five six, he's the best running back, college running back of all time, five six? That's that literally he is. If he's five foot six. Um, if you guys don't know who Jarrett Patterson is, by the way, you've probably heard um, over the last season, there was a running back 
who ran against Kent State, he had over 450 rushing yards and eight touchdowns in one game. That was Jared Patterson, potential five foot six running back. So if you heard about that game and you heard about that running back, that was him. Um, and if you if you pay if you pay attention, I mean, he did something before that game too. What did do you do? know? What he did the game before that? No, tell me. A three hundred yard four touchdown game in the game before that, and then he had that four hundred yard eight touchdown game. This so dude two, is so in, on in two games. He had 700 yards and 12 touchdowns. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, come on. You know what I'm saying? It, like, I get it. He plays for Buffalo, not the best competition, but Buffalo sucks too. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, <laughs> but yeah. You know, so, so, so let me, yeah, let me get into this guy a little bit. Yeah. Go ahead. I just had to plug my Mac in before it died. <laughs> so he fit, had the highest college dominator rating in the entire class was a 97 percentile 47.1%, which is pretty fucking good. Yeah, um, I mean, he, what that means, guys, is that he had he he himself owned almost 50% of his team's production in terms of yards and touchdowns. Exactly. So he finished. <laughs> hmm? Oh, he he finished every single season with over a that. Yards. But that right there was a meme. That was a meme. Huh? I had this. I recorded this. That right there. Wait. That whole that confusion that you just had. That is a meme. I'm, I'm gonna. That was me realizing he's five foot six. No, um, he had a thousand yards in all three of his years at the University of Buffalo, including the year we only played six games. Um, he broke out as a freshman at the age of nineteen. He has surprisingly great, and this is what I wrote when I thought he was 5'9". He has surprisingly great power. Uh, he's a good blocker somehow. I, I mean, he's just a strong, like he holds his ground. Um, he, His best attribute is his quick feet, which I guess goes to show me talking about him scampering, right? Like this dude, <laughs> just watch him run. Just watch Jarrett Patterson run. You cannot get, do you think it's a small, like we can't like, tackle him correctly type deal no dude people were trying to tackle his legs and like uh, he he breaks tackles with the best of them dude he first of all he hits the hole like we, we mentioned it before he hits the hole so fast you know he can break that long long one um yeah no i i, I don't think it's just a small thing um i feel like small backs you can tackle them you know but he was just extra elusive and he plays like a bigger back than he is He's going yeah, to be a scat back in the NFL. Let's be honest here. He's going to be a scat back in the yeah. NFL. But, uh, but the you know, he didn't have that, a single yeah. catch in 2020. Yeah, no, he wasn't involved in the pass game. Uh, but I feel, like, catch. I feel like if he was, though, like if he gets the balls in ball the ball in his hands, he could do some things. But, I feel like, like he's the I, kind of guy who, would, who could catch the ball, no issue. <laughs> um, And he's 195 pounds. At 5'6". This six. dude at 5'6". So that's equal to being like a 220, like five foot eleven type guy. He's like the Derrick Henry of five six dudes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh god. And by the way, I messaged him on Instagram and I asked him how tall he was, but he didn't answer. Who Derrick Henry? No, Jared Patterson. Yeah, Patterson. I mean, yeah, so, I mean, you're probably the only guy DMing him, so I'm I'm surprised he didn't get back to you. Um, the comps I've seen is Devin. Can you Singletary. imagine that's like? Imagine how many DMs he got like during this draft season about how tall he is. He probably he's probably just like trashing all of those DMs. <laughs> uh, anyway, 
All right. Well, anyway, so like, yeah, I mean, that's probably way too long on Jared Patterson, but probably like, way too long. I- I'm with you on him. Like, he's he's intriguing uh, in in any sort of league that allows people, you know, only running backs under five ten. He'll be very intriguing. Um, okay, <laughs> moving on uh, to Kenneth Gainwell. Yeah, Kenny G. Kenny G. Uh, Kenny G. Now, I'm gonna say this about uh, I, a lot of people are high on Kenny G. Played at okay. Memphis. Um, I I personally don't see it with him in terms of the running game. Is he your Trey Sermon? You're like um, did my the run, the Trey Sermon the run, to me in the run mm-hmm. game? Yes, but like, there's no doubt. Like he got it going on in the pass game. Like he's legit. Okay. Right. Um, in the run game, he was 44th in yards after contact per attempt among all running backs in the nation, uh, with at least 150 carries in 2019. Uh, by the way, he bowed out of 2020. Uh, because of COVID, I think a bunch of his family members got COVID. Oh, it was awful. Uh, and like he was like, "I'm not playing," which makes sense. Best choice. Um, and, and there's no doubt he had production. This dude had 2,000 scrimmage yards in 2019. He looked extremely good in the passing game. He was basically he's basically a wide receiver. Um, yeah. He was basically a wide receiver, yet played ahead of Antonio Gibson at Memphis in 2019. Remember Antonio Gibson? Like, remember him? Like, he's the guy who's actually in the NFL and is the starter carries. <laughs> for an NFL team and had, like, how many touchdowns did he have? Like, 12 touchdowns yeah. in his rookie year? Um, so, yeah, there's no doubt uh, that this dude is is legit when it comes to the pass game. Second in yards per route run in 2019 among running backs with 40-plus targets. So, that's legit. And, by the way, the guy who was first ran 70 less routes than he did. So, he was basically number one in my book. 2.39 yards per route run. Third best over the last several years, uh, only behind Christian McCaffrey and Joe Mixon in that span. Um, he was fourth. Thank in you for career. mentioning Joe Mixon, by the way. I got you. I got you, bro. I would never, ever let us leave the podcast without mentioning Joe Mixon once. You know what's funny about this, by the way? People starting to think that I'm a Joe Mixon stan in, in the comments <laughs> of my Instagram. And I'm like, I am not a Joe Mixon stan. I support him you and his be. price tag. I support him and his price tag this year. Right, and they cut Geo, by the way, and we did talk about that. Right, we talked mm-hmm. about cutting Geo multiple I times. I love how this conversation turned into mixing. Ah, I see what ah. you're doing here. Stop it! All right, so he was fourth <laughs> in career yards per route run, along uh, you know, um, right behind in terms of career numbers, uh, right behind McCaffrey, Kamara, and Curtis Samuel. Legit company right there. Uh, but you got to you got to remember that he played at Memphis, right? So like Memphis, you know, churning out these type of guys. Uh, you know, a bunch of college, a bunch of running backs, Daryl Henderson, Tony, Tony Pollard, Pollard. Yeah. Uh, Tony Gibson, right? So, uh, Sneaky and he's good fat. school lately. Uh, yeah, when it comes to running backs, yeah. Um, and he's fast, man. You know, most likely a PPR kind of guy, but you know, he's a guy who can rack up 80 receptions in a season, and you wouldn't be surprised. So, with Gainwell, I what I found is that he's got good balance and he's got good combination of patience and vision. Um, I think that kind of goes to say, to show like what happens to Travis Etienne when being patient doesn't pay off. Right. Like Kenneth game will wait too long in the pocket sometimes. Um, but he is good at finding those holes. Once they're there, he has great vision. It's just about whether those holes are available in the scheme he was in or, his ability to hit them so he could find the holes great pass catcher um 
and, and, and look, like, he, he's the kind of, like, I love him as a runner and I love him as a pass catcher, but he's the kind of runner who will wait too long. And, like, if that hole is not there, he'll just crumble, go left and right, scamper the other way, try to find, and then eventually he's down to the ground. He'll try to do too much with the ball, which is not what you want. It's not a good quality. But, like, if he's in the right spot, like, that could be a good quality. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. It's kind of mixed. Now, but tell me this. I have yeah. the perfect comp for Kenneth Gamble. Okay. Okay. Get, I, I want to see if you can guess it. I'll give you two guesses. Oh, you, you want me to guess? Um, mm-hmm. Wow, this is this is tough. Okay. And now you weren't prepared for this. I just, like, throw no, shit at you. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, <laughs> okay. Hold on a second. When I say it, you're going to be like, wow, you're awesome, Joey. Oh, yeah? Is Possibly. Maybe not. Okay. I don't know. You might not take it that um, far. I'm going to – can I do some, like, Googling? Yeah, you look can do at, some uh, who, I'll talk a little uh, more. Most receptions uh, in 2020 running backs. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at that list real quick, and I want to see. Not going to find it on that list. Oh, I'm by the way, he ran a four-four-two. That 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 because that's how I would I would see it. That's how I see it. Um, Naheem Hines. No. One more guess, and then we'll move on from this. The people listening are probably like, can you just? I bet you the people listening are super intrigued right now. <laughs> um, Chris Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad, but no. James White. So James White is exactly the same size. James White. Five foot eleven. He's sub two hundred, just like Gainwell. If you've seen James White in the backfield, he's not a bad runner per se, but he's a very patient runner. I mean, you can just even if you haven't seen him run all that much, you think of that one play of the Super Bowl. He waited for that hole to open on the line to go for the winning touchdown, and that's just kind of how that went. Great pass catcher. That's his thing. Being a fantastic pass catcher. He could play in the slot. I mean, I just, I very much see James White as Kenneth Gainwell. I think that's like the perfect, like this is James White coming in to the NFL. Man, you pick, like, I, in my opinion, that is the worst comp I've ever heard <laughs> from anybody ever. Wow. Worst. What? James White is like I think Kenny G. I'm gonna name Kenny G now. Okay. Kenny G is like he's a playmaker, man. Like he's fast. James he, White's a playmaker. Like, why? Because he won Super Bowls. Let's stop it now. No, this is this is because he's is a what good happens pass catcher. This is what happens. Yeah, but he's a good pass catcher. But he's not like you know James White isn't like you know gonna gonna like break a play open for you. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he'll make a play because he's on the Patriots or whatever. But like just because man, you Patriots fans, I can't. I can't with you guys, <laughs> man. I can't, man. Like every time I got the D- Deion Lewis comp. I snuck in a Deion yeah, Lewis comp before. Snuck in a James White What's comp. gonna happen when Joe Mason gets on the Patriots at some point? What's gonna happen? Oh I mean by the way, he loves Brady and he loves Belichick. He's a huge fan of Belichick. So I'm just saying if he didn't so get his not, contract. I'm just another saying. interesting prospect <laughs> <laughs> to me okay. by the way were you done um, were you done on kenny g yeah no i'm done all right cool cool uh khalil herbert he he's a little bit of a sleeper for me as well very okay. versatile he led all running backs who had at least 150 carries in the power five conferences as yards after contact per attempt he was number one numero uno 
And among those backs, he was third in yards per route run. He wasn't used a ton in the passing game, but he seems pretty capable to me, you know, from what I've seen. Um, and among those same, same backs, he was third in pro football focus's elusivity rating. Um, so good contact balance. He's fast. Uh, he's an older back. You know, he, he had like five years in college. He transferred to Virginia Tech pretty late. Uh, you know, but he, I think he's worth paying attention to, man. Five nine, two ten, not terrible size. Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm very interested in him. To be honest with you, uh, you know who he reminds me of a little bit, James Conner. He kind of said James White. I was like, you asshole. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> would have been so funny. Um, yeah, he reminds me of a guy who's like capable. You know what I'm saying? In in, in both phases, and uh, you know, somebody who could be a potential guy on all three downs, like you know, at his like you know, uh, you know, if he gets the opportunity, but you know, uh, for these guys to get that opportunity, like it's almost like win the lottery. Uh, but you know, he's somebody that I would look out for. I would have at the bottom of my bench in a dynasty league. Um, he's even somebody that, you know, I would, uh, you know, later on, once the season progresses, like once the off season progresses, you know, you're going to see people be dropped in dynasty leagues. You're going to see people uh, get desperate because they've had injuries He's a guy that I would keep an eye on just to kind of like have on your roster if you can, uh, just because of, I feel like he has that skill set to be a, a workhorse. Uh, uh, you know, he just didn't play for a big school. So, you know, these type of guys like usually pop up out of nowhere, you know, if they do get a role. The measurement I have for Khalil is like 5'8", which oh, really? isn't a huge difference. But without the combine, man, we just don't have any – Exactly, information, <laughs> which really sucks and it kind of makes it harder for us. But overall, he's an explosive back. Um, you know, not too much for me to add. Not a guy I spent a lot of time looking at. Yeah, no, I, so um, I'm looking at a size here five, five, nine, two, ten. Um, a pro football okay. focus is comp on him is Jay Ajayi. Um, but, uh, <laughs> right, but yeah, no, I, I think, I think. I think he could be a good back in this league. So we'll see. We'll see where he lands. That's really what it's all about at this point for sure. these guys. Um, uh, Demetric Felton, another guy to keep an eye on. He was a former wide receiver. Uh, and apparently he has bulked up, you know, over the past few months uh, to be a running back. So if he lands in a spot where they use their pass, you know, their, their running back in the passing game, like a ton, he'll be legit. And, and I feel like any team who does draft him is going to have that sort of vision for him. Um, you know, really, like good <laughs> really good numbers in terms of broken tackles, uh, you know, really good in the past game, obviously former wide receiver. Um, so yeah. So yeah, he's someone to keep an eye on as well in PPR leagues. Another guy I wanted to mention real quick. I don't know if you had a chance to look at him is Jamar Jefferson. Yeah, I did a little bit from the university of Oregon, the Oregon Beaver, which I didn't even know was a in school before I saw that. <laughs> like, he's an Oregon beaver and you know who else came out of Oregon Steven oh. Jackson oh I thought you were going to say James White okay. <laughs> oh that would have been oh that would have been nice okay but yeah so um, Jamar he, he's a decent sized back 5'10", 217 like when we talk about um, Elijah Mitchell we talk about that like standard running back like median like that body that you want for a potential workhorse jamar has that which is good and it already puts him above some of the other guys of just having that build um 
Not total, not hugely involved in the passing game. He's got good vision. He's got decent patience. Um, he's got average speed. He broke out at 18. He's got a good college dominator rating with 34.6%, 81st percentile. He had a good yards per Cali. Cali. Good yards per carry. <laughs> Jeez, I'm breaking down over here. Uh, and he had 143 yards per game as a junior. So he was very productive in his final year. Um. Yeah, but that, but that freshman year was was really impressive. Eighteen years old, fifteen hundred scrimmage yard scrimmage yard. I'm breaking down as well. Scrimmage yards, uh, twelve touchdowns. Um, and like over the last two years, he didn't have as much of a workload. Uh, because honestly, he just didn't play as many games. He had an injury. Um, also Oregon didn't play as many games last season. Uh, but because of how much, like you said, thirty percent dominated rating as a freshman. That's pretty legit. That's a serious breakout right there. Um, now, at the same time, he was 16th among, amongst running backs with 200 carries that year in yards after contact per attempt, uh, you know, in the power five. Um, not that involved in the past game. I, dude, I saw the film on him. I was not impressed. I was not impressed at all. Um, and he like, okay, so, you know, if you if you really didn't like uh, Trey Sermon, I really didn't like Jamar Jefferson. There you go. That's fair. That's fair. You and, you, you know, they both have the size – to be a capable running NFL running back, which is with this class with all these five eight, five six, five nine, sub two hundred guys, I think they automatically get somewhat of a leg up. Right, I hear you. Know? Yeah. So. Did you have anybody else you wanted to mention? I I think I hit on all my guys for the most part. Did we talk about Puka Williams? Uh, we just mentioned that he's undersized. Yeah. No, that's that's all, that's all I wanted to say. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's it. That's it. And the Forty ers are interested. Okay. Um, yeah, I think we hit it all, man. Um, I hope you guys found that useful. Um, I hope that a lot of you can take away some of that, bring it into your fantasy drafts and kind of like mm-hmm. use that as like a starting point in evaluating, you know, if you didn't already start evaluating these players, I hope this gives you some sort of starting point to at least get familiarized with these guys. Um, draft is only, you know, two weeks away at this point, uh, two weeks away. Yeah. Like by the time this podcast is out, uh, two weeks away. So uh, glad you guys can listen. I hope you guys made it to the end. Really, really appreciate you guys uh, listening to us. And uh, what's what's going on, Joe? I, I feel like you have something to say. I do. I do. Thank you for noticing. Um, if anybody out there has an official measurement on Jarrett Patterson, if you know him personally, if you've measured him before, we are desperate. I just want to know. I just want to know if this guy's going to be like one of my biggest sleepers and like this top five running back that I can target in all my dynasty and everything. Or if he's just, you know, five foot six, if he does great, it'd be a great story. So if you have any official input, please let us know. I feel like between my community and your community, I feel like Jared Patterson's cousin probably follows us. You know what I'm saying? So Jared Patterson's cousin, if you're out there, DM us, please. Um, (laughs) uh, If you guys would rate the podcast, that would mean a ton for us. Uh, That would be great. Uh, Hit us up on Instagram, hit the DMs. This is the time of year to hit the DMs uh, just because we're not extremely flooded like we are during the season. We really appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening. Um, And with that, you know, next week we got wide receivers hopefully with a special guest <laughs> it's, it's funny like we we never want to commit because it's like you know you never know but at the same time uh you know we hope you guys 
look, you know, we'll stay tuned for next week's episode. We're going to hit on these rookie wide receivers coming in. We hit running backs today. We already hit quarterback and tight ends last week. So if you want to go back and listen to that episode, uh, we talk all about quarterbacks and tight ends. But we really appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening. I'm Upper Hand Fantasy on Instagram. Joe is uh, fantasy.football.analyst. Go check him out there. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you guys soon. Take it easy. See ya. See you.